Welcome in to Off the Cuff Sports uh, Midweek Pod, uh, guys. We could get to, to together, match our schedules up. So I'm here doing a solo pod. Wanted to talk to you guys about the Wild Card Weekend in the NFL and what a weekend it was. Uh, we'll just start going down the list of everything here. Um, I started. I actually recorded this episode on Monday. And then I decided I should wait until after the Monday game to record. Um, and I was right about that with everything that happened there. But we'll start first game of the wild card weekend. We had the Raiders and the Bengals. Uh, that game was really good back and forth. I'm excited. I'm, I'm so People are you know anointing the Bengals now. They might make a run. Um, I'm not saying that they can't make a run. However, um, they went against a team that halfway through the season, they lost their head coach. And they're n- then a week later, their number one receiver killed somebody in a, DU- in a DUI accident and was off the team. So a lot of things were that team. Had, it was like a miracle for the Raiders to make the playoffs at all. So let's call that what that is. And them being by the touchdown isn't that phenomenal, especially with the drama around one of those touchdowns that they had. We don't know what I'm talking about. So Joe Burrow flushed out of the pocket, running close to the sideline. He flips the ball down the field. Receiver in the end zone, standing by himself. Right before he throws the ball, there's an inadvertent whistle. And so a lot of the Raiders players stop moving. Um, and so now there's controversy around whether or not that should have stand, that should have stood as a play. And by rule, it should not have. It, uh, I'm, I'm going to put that out there very plain. By rule, it should not have been allowed to stand. They would have just replayed the down. No harm, no foul on anybody one way or the other. However, considering the time difference between when the whistle was blown and when the, when the, when the ball was thrown... There wasn't a lot of time difference there. So so the Raiders' defense cannot argue that because of the whistle is why they got the touchdown. There were several steps between the Bengals' receiver and any Raiders' defender. So you can't blame it on that. There was nobody. And also, obviously, nobody was near Joe Burrow either when he was making that throw. Close enough, at least, that it would have made a difference. Obviously, he wouldn't be able to get the pass off if somebody was close enough to hit him in that process. But so, however, with all that being said, I think the Bengals are going to lose this weekend. They've got they've got the Titans. Titans are an up and down team, yes, but they have a lot more playoff experience. A lot, there's a lot there's a lot more veteran leadership on that team. Joe Burrow is a great guy. I think he's going to bring the, take the Bengals to places they haven't been in a very long time. Places that Andy Dalton, Carlton Palmer could not actually take them. Um, so I'm I'm proud of that, but at the same time, he's just they just don't have enough there to do it this year. I think the Titans are going to win that game and host in the AFC Championship game. Moving on, the New England Patriots got absolutely shellacked by the Buffalo Bills. This is phenomenal. I'm very happy about this, and we'll get into the conversation. I'll have this conversation with the guys later this week. Talking about what's this say about Patriots um, legacy with Tom and Belichick, but 
This show, this at the end of the day, this is a change of the guard. Bills are taking over. They're on a hot streak. I like them going into Kansas City at this point. Um, people are talking about how Kansas City took care of the Steelers. Steelers were seven seed versus the two seed. There is a huge disparity there. Steelers got in on a technicality. They shouldn't have got in. They're only in because there was a seventh team. There didn't deserve to be a seventh team this year on either side, but I'll talk about that later. Um, but Bills, I think this is their shot. I'm not saying that they will, but this is going to be their best chance. They are on a hot streak. They just took down one of their one of their arch rivals in a huge way. And now they're going against Kansas City Chiefs, who are still good. They are still the Chiefs. Everything is still right there for them. However, this is the most vulnerable we've seen this team in a very long time. This whole season, it's just we just couldn't figure them out. They are a very beatable team. The Bills beat this beat, beat this Kansas City Chiefs team beginning of the season. That is a huge, huge thing to, to keep in mind. So this is definitely the shot. I'm not saying the Bills will go to the Super Bowl, but this is their shot. It's 100% their shot. They've got two teams that are going to most likely be in their way. The Kansas City Chiefs and then the Tennessee Titans are both inconsistent teams. I mean... We don't, nobody really separated themselves in the AFC. Um, and this was a separation movement for the Bills. So I think they're going to, they're going to 100% have a chance to run the table, make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, and we'll see what happens there, depending on who comes out of the NFC. Speaking of the NFC, talking about the Eagles and the Bucks. This is once again why, why I think that one seed, seven seed, Two seed, seven seed, excuse me, should not be a game to be played. There's just too much of a disparity there. And it was shown on the field. I give props to Nick Sirianni of keeping that team in the game, trying to get them to make it look like a more respectable score. Um, but at the end of the day, the Bucks were just better. Tom Brady, the Tom Brady effect was full on there. Clearly, this team has gone from, you know, you know, every other day is, is an off day to no days off. Um, this team is enjoying themselves, but at the same time, they're taking things very seriously. This this team has a chance to run the table again. I 100% believe that. Uh, move on to the 49ers and the Cowboys. This game had a lot of drama. I have a lot of things to say about this one. So actually, I'm going to skip that for now and go back to it. Um, Steelers and Chiefs. Once again, two versus seven. Steelers should not have been there, like I said before. Basically got run off the field, and they put scores up late at the end to make it look slightly more respectable. Still losing by 21 points, 42 to 21. Chiefs are strong right now. Um, but once again, you're playing against the Steelers with quarterback that should have retired last year, honestly. I know as much as I said that they deserve to give him one more year, I did believe that. But from a non-nostalgia, not a complete, you know, analytic standpoint, they should have moved on from Ben Roethlisberger last year, found their next guy, whatever it may have been. Um, but this team, so them beating them by 21 points is not saying that much. So I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that. However, that it, I'm glad that they did because if they didn't, that would be concerning. If this was a close game they had with the Steelers, I would have a lot of question marks with that. And then finally, the Rams-Cardinals game. This is part of the reason why I did not 
record did not post the podcast that I originally recorded on Monday. One because it obviously sucked. Had to get back into this. It was the first time I've done solo pod in over a year now. So, uh, or close to a year. I don't remember exactly. The days run together at this point. Quarantine, whatever. You know. But the Rams absolutely ran through this Cardinals team. I was under the, uh, to me, it seemed like these were very similar teams. Um, doesn't really matter which one advanced. As far as the Bucks preparing, either way, it doesn't matter. Um, I was wrong about that. This is a really good Rams team that I have, I think they may have figured things out at this point. I mean, you're, your third that had to become your second best receiver stepped up in Odo Beckham Jr. Um, and you finally got a decent running back with Sonny Michelle. Um, and Matthew Stafford, quote unquote, got the monkey off his back when it came to winning a playoff game finally. That's huge. Uh, but. I think it's going to be a great matchup between the Rams and the Bucks. Bucks, I think, will edge it out. Um, and we'll move on to the final uh, game. Like I said, 49ers and Cowboys. First things first, Cowboys were not that good. Yes, they had a 12-5 and record. But they were the six of those came against teams that were not that good. Talking about the Redskins, not excuse me, not the Redskins, the Washington football team, the Eagles, and the Giants. You take out those wins, this is a essentially a, a, a 500 team. They're six and five out of their division. That's they're just mediocre. They couldn't win against relevant teams, and then they, and then the 49ers, who comes out of the juggernaut that is. The NFC West, absolute juggernaut. They they show that they were clearly a better team. However, they could not finish in the red zone. That is my one concern about the 49ers. This this game should not have been close. Yes, six-point game. Technically, Dallas had the chance to win at the end, but they did not belong in this game. They did 49ers kicked too many field goals. Yes, you get that far, you gotta take the points, but and I'm not arguing against them taking points and kicking field goals. It was the right decisions to kick field goals in, that, in those situations. My point being is that they are they're not able to finish drives with touchdowns. You've got to finish with touchdowns in the playoffs. They could have they, they, this game could have been put away at the end of the first half, and they just couldn't do it. Which brought us to the drama that was at the end. That neither one of these teams really wanted to win. It was a completely sloppy. We're talking about. Fourth and two inches, 49ers have to get, and they steal this game. It's over. It's theirs. It's done. The Cowboys have no more timeouts left. And they have a false start. And so they have to punt the ball away. You had that game done, there would have been no drama. Go back a little bit earlier, we're looking at the Cowboys attempt to run a, they run a trick play on a punt. Great. They got it. Works out perfectly. Kellen Moore is a good, great offensive play call. I'm taking nothing away from that. However, there was no discussion on what was to happen next. He said apparently they were going to keep their their punt team out there and just run the next play and keep 49ers off kilter. Great. But you didn't tell anybody about that. 
Nobody knew that. And so everyone's looking around with their head cut off. This is, there's lack of organization. That means there's, if there's lack of organization, there's lack of leadership. And that's what you cannot have, especially in a playoff game. And then they get the ball back with 36 seconds to go. They, they, they run, they, they're looking good. First play, hook and ladder, get up the field, get out of bounds. Next play, quick out, first down, get out of bounds. Wonderful. Great, 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 great. And then you choose to run. You're on their 40. You got to their 40 with 14 seconds left. That's a great, great job considering how much time you had left with no timeouts, nothing to help you. You get there and you choose to run with 14 seconds left and no timeouts, a quarterback designed draw. It's not like there was nobody open here to take off. It was a designed draw right up the middle. And you run out of time. You run out of time. He slides. He tries to get up with four seconds left. Get, a, get, the, get the official to spot the ball, which he did not help the official in that situation. You should be doing everything possible to make sure that the official gets the ball in time. He did not do that. He's got to say, yes, he's a great leader. I know I hear that from, you heard that from the entire team in the post, post-game pe- press conference. I get that. But there has to be something called situational leadership. Something I learned in grad school, situational leadership. You have to, you have, as a leader, you have to be able to adjust the situation just to what's going on. You can't just be a leader sometimes. You have to be a leader in the moment and do what's right in that moment. He got up, he gave the ball to his center like this was practice or something. You can't do that. You ha- the ball has to go to the official. I remember working at Georgia State I'm working the sideline as a ball boy for this for their their dress scrimmage. So that they're in the stadium, they've got referees, everything. It's it's full blown dress rehearsal essentially, like it's a real game. Guy makes a catch near the sideline, drops the ball, and it just rolls to me. I pick it up on the ball boy on that sideline, so that's what I'm doing. Head coach Sean Elliott, who's great head coach. I think he's a, he's going to take a program. If he gets in the right situation, he's really going to turn programs. And he's done great things at Georgia State. Love to work for him again at some point. But he is he grabs the guy, keeps screaming at the guy, hand the ball to the official, hand the ball to the official, hand the ball to the official, until the guy comes over to me. He's still saying it to him to grab the ball and continue to grab, continue to say to him, grab. He grabs the ball for me and hands it to the official. That you've got to understand that that is that is valuable time. Think about what Larry Fitzgerald did. One of his receivers last year caught the ball. Almost no time left. He snatches the ball from him and immediately gives it to the to the referee. He sprints it to the referee. You've got to be able to know what needs to be done in that situation. And that comes down to culture, what's in the building. This is going to sound ridiculous when I say this, but I believe that the Tom Brady Patriots, Tom Brady, who we know is slow, unathletic, I ran the same 40 time as him when I was in high school. He ran a 5-2 at the NFL Combine. I ran a 5-2 in high school as, as a slow, fat offensive lineman. I believe they could have ran this play and got the spike off in time because they would have known, everybody on the field would know their responsibility. Once he slides down, there is no sense of urgency outside the offensive line. The receivers are looking around. They're not no sh- sure where to line up. They're not sure what they're supposed to do. 
They're taking their time. Dax hand, hand the ball to the center, not to the referee. The referee's got to bust through the offensive line like he's a he's a fullback or something. Snatch the ball, touch it, put it down, and then give them the chance to snap it. This should these this, this should have been a three play script. The draw, the spike, and the next play should have all been a a choreographed. They should know everybody for those three straight plays should know exactly what their responsibility is. They should have a, as one move, one one call. I don't know. Call it uh, call it Hollywood because it's a Hollywood ending situation. Call it nine one one because we got to go quick in this emergency. You draw, you run the quarterback draw. Everyone knows what their routes are supposed to be, how far they need to go down the field, when he's going to slide. He got, he's got to know when he needs to slide. How how long? If he if he slides two seconds earlier, he's able to spike the ball in time with every other decision that he makes, every other bad decision that he makes after he slides. If he had to, he wanted to get just two three extra yards, which at the end of the day would have made no difference as far as that final play. I understand that their goal was to be in a place where they're running an actual pass play and not just a Hail Mary throwing it to the end zone in that situation. But the difference of it at the 30 and at the 25 yard line, as far as that goes, is not that big of a difference. If it is, you need a better play calling, you need a better offensive scheme. So, and, and this is also, they blame the refs. Now Dak walked it back, but it sounded a little bs to me. But at the end of the day, I will say this until the cows come home. You cannot let the refs decide the game for you. You cannot do that. By you hoping that a 50-something out of shape male is able to keep up with your Pro Bowl quarterback as he, as he runs down the field, that is putting the game into the ref's hands. You cannot let the refs decide the game in that situation. That's just the reality. And also at the same time, if you are putting your faith into somebody that you continually on the side, and we see this all the time from coaches, you're putting your faith into somebody that you continually question their, their decision-making. You get on them when they want to call against you is against you, whether it's right or wrong. You, you, because it's against you, it can't be an accurate foul. Or you see see something on the other, see, see the other team commit a foul and they don't call it. Then you're on the ref as well. So, so you pick and choose when to put your faith into these people. That's very toxic. If, if you put your faith into somebody that you can continually question their judgment, that is not a relationship that you want to be in. That's a little bit of life advice there. You don't want to be with that person. So all of these decisions lead to this fact. And you know what? At the end of the day, the other side kept you in the ballgame. If you had figured out how to score in the first half, because you you should have been down twenty eight to nothing in the midway through the second quarter. It was only th- it was only thirteen nothing. If you had scored once or twice in the first half, you would have won this ball game. You cannot point to one thing at the end of a game is the reason why you won or lost.
There are 100 million things that occur before that that cause you to lose that game. You should, if, if you believe that you were the better team in that game, it should not have come down to that last play. That's the reality. With that, moving on, 49ers, if this team can find a way to put the ball into the end zone, I think Green Bay has a lot of things to be concerned about. This team knows what they're doing. They have one of the best tight ends in the entire league. And they they used him as a blocking tight end instead of a receiving tight end because they realized they are a great running team. This is a great running team. Kyle Shanahan has always been able to run the ball well. He did that when he was a coordinator in Atlanta. And now he's doing it here with he's using a wide receiver in the backfield as a running back. And he is and not and, he, and this and it's not even just because he has to. It's actually a great setup to have this. Meanwhile, Cowboys have one of the best defensive secondaries in the game. Shouts out to Dan Quinn. He can't he can't keep a team from blowing it, blowing a game in the playoffs. Can't keep his team, but he can coach a defense. That's for sure. That is for sure, especially that defensive secondary. And and Kyle Shanahan was smart enough to say, I know that secondary. I saw that secondary in practice every single day when I was in Atlanta. I'm not touching that, that secondary. My strength is in my run game. I don't care that my tight end is one of the best receiving tight ends in the game. He also can block the hell out of people. And we're going we're gonna to shove it down your throat. And that understanding being able to adapt. I don't issue a lot with court with with play callers today is that this is, this is what we do. This, this is how we are. I'm a, I'm a passing coach. I'm a running coach, whatever. I can't beat that secondary. I can beat that front seven. So I'm going to go beat that front seven. That that's what strategizing should be. That's exactly what it should be. If you, I say, I'm going to say this again. If they can score touchdowns, 49ers are beating the Packers. I'm going to say that right now. If they can score touchdowns instead of kicking field goals in this game, Aaron Rodgers, you're going home. And if you're, and if they are smart in that building, they need to part ways. Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers is not a healthy thing anymore. They need to move on from that. Everyone involved in that needs to accept it, move on, find the next quarterback. And and Aaron, you need to go find another team to play for. Denver Broncos, whatever. Uh, so that that's my take on the on the uh, playoffs. So if I were to pick who was going to win this weekend right now, I'm calling Bucks and 49ers in the NFC Championship, and I'm calling Titans and Bills in the AFC Championship. Should be good games this week. Every team there definitely belongs. Um, Let me go back to this as well. We talked about that seventh seed. There's been a complaint that that it was, you know, that this has been an issue. It's there for money. And yes, you're right. It's 100% there for money. And and they, but they're trying to use the proof of the, the, 
score differential in these games as a reason why it's just there for money and these teams didn't belong. However, they were, they did not belong, but you take out the Cowboys 49ers game and the Bengals uh, Raiders game. Every game was a blowout. Those were the only two one-score games that we had. Everything else wasn't close. The it was, we're, I mean, we're talking about every aspect. All but two games were close games. So it's not because the seventh seed is playing the two seed that is that's saturated like it's it's diluted like that. At the end of the day, these teams were just that much better, and. These I'm really excited to see these teams play each other because they should all be good matchups. I am excited to see this. Obviously, Bills and Chiefs, they've been going at it for the past couple of years. We know that these teams are going to be good against each other. Upstart Bengals against a Titans team that has been there, but they've never been able to take it to the next step. Bucks taking on the, the Rams. Both teams are hot right now. Running through, running. Th they both ran through their last opponents. I give the edge to the Bucks in that game because, as far as game planning, there wasn't much difference as far as you had a game. The Rams were essentially a better version of the Cardinals, but as far as what you needed to stop, pretty much the same thing. And on top of that, you don't have to worry about the running quarterback that is Kyler Murray. Matthew Stafford, we know we're not. You're not going to have to worry about that. So I give the edge to the Bucks there, and like I said before, Niners are looking really good right now. If they can score touchdowns instead of kicking field goals, they will beat the the Packers. I, I I am calling it right now. Call me crazy. Call me stupid. Whatever. That's the that's that's what I'm sticking to. Um, a little off season notes as well. Uh, Giants are looking for a head coach, and they're they're. They supposedly they're looking, considering to interview Dan Quinn. Um, I hope that's not the case. Um, I don't, I don't trust him as a head coach anymore. I think he's better as a coordinator. I think he did a great job. He, he, he brought, he brought the Falcons to places they hadn't been in a while, but also it tapered off, um, and his voice started to dwindle in that locker room. Um, I do like the the Giants' decision to actually pick their GM and then have him part of the process of picking the head coach. I think that those, the, that is the smart move right there. Work from the top down um, instead of trying to pick in place. Um, I truly hope that the, the Raiders consider um, their interim coach. He did very well for them to, to get them to play playoffs. Like I said, is an absolute miracle. Um, I they definitely need to have a conversation with him. Dolphins were stupid for firing Brian Flores. He is a phenomenal coach. There's a lot of issues in in Miami that they were trying to figure out. Um, if if the Giants are smart, I hope they consider Brian Flores in there. Um, who else is? Broncos are looking for another head coach. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't heard much about their search right now. Um, but, yep, that is the kind of the update on the offseason for the NFL. Um, 
We'll get into NBA a little bit more um, this weekend with the guys. And yeah, uh, that's it. I uh, hope you enjoyed this solo pod. And we'll see you in a couple days. This has been Solo Off The Cuff.